You're stupid too as I You're stupid too as I You'll never live You'll never die You're stupid too as I Welcome back everyone to the Better Off Dead Minute Podcast The daily podcast where we analyze the movie Better Off Dead One paltry minute at a time I'm Curtis Blaze from thesacknews.com. And I'm Jason Hummel from Mondo Confidential. Today we are breaking down Minute 26, which starts with Lane being called to the board to show his geometry homework, and ends with Lane beginning to remember that time in the woods with Beth. Curtis, what happened in this minute? Well, Jason, in the last minute, Lane discovered that he didn't have his homework done before being called to the board to show his work. As the minute begins, the teacher finished calling Lane to the blackboard to show the class his solution to this paltry geometric dilemma. At 25 minutes and 21 seconds, Lane sends the entire class into shivers of pain with his squeaky chalk. At 25 minutes and 35 seconds, Lane begins the daunting task of writing the geometric formula on the board, all while distracted by Beth standing next to him at the front of the class. As the minute ends, we get a dissolve, and Lane begins to remember a time when he was somewhere with Beth in a station wagon. This is officially the minute. Minute 26, we actually get the words, paltry geometric dilemma. We've been waiting for it. Oh, for these long weeks. This movie just is not cooperative when it comes to the, the minute divisions. It, it's been a month since we had a scene that ended right at the minute. Yeah, there's not a lot of buttons at the end of a minute. Just a lot of cliffhangers. What is going on with that picture over the teacher's left shoulder? Hmm. 1985, but I swear to you, that looks like 9-11. Yeah, it does. It, ha- it looks like an exploding, crumbling building or a fire. <gasps> oh, I, I'll bet that explains it because right above it is the fire thing. You know, the thing that says, go north along the hall, turn right. Out the main entrance, form lines on the sidewalk away from the building. That's what that is. That's a picture of a fire. (laughs) A handy visual aid aid in case you didn't know what a fire looked like. It looks like it's from the movie Towering Inferno. (laughs) Now that we're talking about it, I can see it. If you squint down at the bottom, you can just about make out Paul Newman. (laughs) Now I'm reaching. Reaching for gold? (laughs) Did you notice that the teacher is wearing a bolo? I did. I wondered if that meant that he was, you know, like from actually Texas. You say Texas, but the bolo tie is the official state tie of New Mexico as of 2007. Oh, really? Also known as bootlace ties in the United Kingdom. Yeah. In the UK, they always have to have a different name for everything. <laughs> Talk about the hair, Jason. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, there's a shot right after the... Uh, uh, chalk meets the board and makes that nice little screech uh where the entire class has major league don king hair just like reaching for the sky and as broad a gag as that is i didn't notice it the first time i've noticed it every time through (laughs) it was just too fast for me i've never paused the movie second by second to examine it though the most hilarious thing in this shot to me used to be charles demar yeah with that squared off Kind of Blackenstein hair. Yes. Well, I mean, a couple of people really stand out in this thing when you're just watching it. Uh, the Beth's girlfriend and the extreme Don King hair person to the left in the front row. 
But for some reason, I always found it extra funny that Charles DeMar was also reacting this way. But now in this minute as I watch it, the most hilarious person to me is the uh, girl clear on the right side whose hair is standing up all crazy, but she's not reacting. She's just sitting there with her hand in her head, smiling and looking forward. Just chilling. This leads me to believe that she's an actual teen. Everyone else is screeching and sticking their hands in her ears. She's just sitting there silently laughing. (laughs) I'm not part of this. (laughs) I'm an extra. I'm not getting paid, so I'm not doing it. Hey, what do you think, man? Wigs? Some of them definitely look like wigs. Like, you know, Don King hair guy. That definitely looks like a wig. Um, But Beth's friend, it looks like they just, like, sprayed it and teased it. Like, straight up. Yeah, there's a lot of them that have a lot of teased hair. The girl in the back on the right. The girl in the back on the left. It looks like this guy, second second back from the front on the left row, on the leftmost row, just got a perm. <laughs> yeah, the William Cat perm. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's it, William Cat. Have you ever successfully made chalk squeak like this, either accidentally or on purpose? Oh, yeah. I had a full-on quint screech going. (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) When we were kids, say, fourth grade, on purpose with the fingernails. (laughs) Constantly. I think we got that from Jaws, actually. Yep. We were like, that's a thing? You can do that? And had to try it. (laughs) Speaking of which, why did Lane pick the chalk compass to write with? There's this, you know, everybody remembers this in school. You're, you're doing geometry in, in class, and you've got the giant compass that you need to draw with. It's made out of wood. It's got the chalk in one end instead of a pencil. Yeah, it's like he thought he was going to make a pie chart or something. Well, he was making a circle. Everybody was making circles, yeah. and this actually comes into play in the next minute. But everyone else is writing with chalk and then grabbing the compass just for the circle. It seems... Like, that would be an awkward choice. Makes a nice, awkward start to his uh, problem-solving. Which is already awkward enough, standing next to Beth. Yeah. Yeah, I notice he looks over like he's going to try to copy, but you can't see anything that she's writing. Yeah, there is kind of that. It's almost like a failed concept in the filming. Almost as if John Cusack just made that acting choice, but the editor didn't pick up on it and go with that. Hmm. I don't know. It seems to me like it would actually be on purpose um, that you can't see what she's writing. It just like it just like uh, emphasizes how screwed he is. And he can't even copy. Well, that's true. And then that's further emphasized by the next shot, which I love. I love the next shot. It's like something out of The Shining. It's Kubrickian. <laughs> yeah, that uh, wide angle overhead shot. It's just epic. I want my movies to be all that shot. <laughs> Remind me, when was The Shining put out? In the 70s? Uh, I want to say 80. 1980? Yeah. Okay. So by 1985, when this movie came out, that was a well-known technique for creating fear. Or at least it would have been by students of film, like Mr. Savage, like Mr. Uh, Holland. Yeah. Everybody has, every director seems to have their trademark... um, Way to scare you. You know, Kubrick had the wide angle, um, creating all that suffocating space. Wow, that's an oxymoron, <laughs> suffocating space. Yeah, but it's a perfect description. Yeah. And, you know, Spielberg had the warp zoom, 
mm-hmm. where, where they pull out and zoom in at the same time. They're pulling the focus while it, yeah. Yeah. Used perfectly in Jaws, of course. Yeah. Yeah, right after he says, that's a bad hat, Harry. <laughs> well, and the sound that goes along with that shot, too. They show the, they show the overhead board, or they show the, the wide angle from above, and uh, then you hear the, you know, just, God, it does sound like, right, like it's right out of The Shining. Yeah, there's a synth sting that almost has like a Doppler effect to it. I love this so much. I'm going to play this. It's funny how it only lasts for a second, but looms in my mind. Yeah. It's so unnerving. And then the addition of all the uh, geometry on the board. Yeah, it just like hangs over his head monolithically. What he actually writes on the board is X plus, nope, he writes X equals A plus B over C plus, and then, I don't know, he makes a line. It could be a lowercase L, it could be a 1, it could be the left staff of a capital D, A, B, C, D. Obviously, it was just the beginning portions of the proof that he was putting on the board to show the solve for the problem. But also, it doesn't seem to me like Beth is writing the same thing. We can't see what she's writing from from the angle. Um, You know, she's got her paper in front of it. But yeah, she's writing at a really good clip. But her proof begins with just a line over something. And then she's writing something different below it. Well, what I notice is she almost runs off the board. You can, you can see her hand almost go off right, right to the edge of the board, and then she winches like, oops. Yeah, it seems like everybody's a math whiz except Lane. But that's the way it, it seems to feel when you're struggling with math. It seems like everybody else gets it but you. you know? Oh, that's just anxiety. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Everybody is a math whiz but you. <laughs> <laughs> Well, and then we end the minute with a dissolve to Lane remembering he and Beth in the station wagon. Or at least we think that's how it ends. What do you think? Lake? Just in the woods somewhere on a back street? It looks to be, you know, like a make-out point. You know, every town has a, a the point. And all we get is just Beth saying, for God's sake, Lane. And that's where the minute ends. Well, Jason, if you don't have anything else for the minute, I'm going to call it a day and go watch The Shining. <laughs> yeah. You good? I'm good. All righty, everyone. Don't forget to leave us a voicemail or text at 712-830-7373. And uh, join us tomorrow, Tuesday, for the Better Off Dead Minute podcast, Minute 27. Until then, I'm Curtis. And I'm Jason. Good night. <laughs>